in a blue-collar home, James never considered entrepreneurship in his future, but he loved building things. He loved building computers for friends and basic HTML sites as early as 14 years old. When James laid out the things he was looking for in a career, his college counselor said there's a program that basically did everything he wanted. And just like that, he was on the path of becoming a control systems engineer. Sounds fancy, right? So fancy that he found great work in the field right out of college and everything looked great. That is until he realized that having a great job is less enjoyable when you're not thrilled about the people you're doing it for or thrilled that you're doing it for other people in general. My name is Alexander Tatunji, and this is The Creative Leap by Dubsado. The Creative Leap is a weekly podcast for anyone trying to find the courage to pursue their passions. We'll hear how inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and difference makers realized their passions, overcame their struggles, and made their creative leap. That was the push that James needed to take his own leap into entrepreneurship. Beginning with simple ranking work on Google, the early days of Google, James has taken leap after leap until co-founding his latest company, Content Snare, a system that helps digital agencies and web developers get website and marketing content from their clients on time in the right format without email. Basically, it helps creative entrepreneurs stay organized. Sound familiar? Like the team at Dubsado, James is passionate about making the way today's creative entrepreneurs do business as easy and streamlined as possible. On today's episode, we talk James's story, the evolution of ranking and web tactics on the internet, and the experience of turning your need for a better process into a tool for the world to use. So, let's get started. So, I am so excited to bring to you today another amazing conversation on the creative leap. And we've already been having such a good time here, just kind of getting set up on this podcast and um, <laughs> just sharing some of the the insider secrets to microphones and um, just kind of establishing our groundworks, our you know ground rules for how we're going to be talking in this podcast. We're swearing lies and kind of where it doesn't lie, but I have <laughs> I have James Rose here today, co-founder of Actura Tech. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the one. That's the original business. Yeah, awesome. Actor Tech and Content Snare, which we're going to be talking about a lot today. <laughs> so, James, thanks so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. This is um, I'm been really excited about this actually. You know, you were one of the first people that I interacted with. I say that a lot when I interview people on this show, but it's it's always because it's true. <laughs> I remember that first like <laughs> wave of people I met or kind of connected with at the Psado, You know, and some capacity, you know, when I first started, it was really like a big wave at the start because you're just trying to like, I think for me, trying to learn the industry and the people around it, you know, you just kind of cast a wide net and, you know, you you start meeting people and connecting and it's been really cool seeing a lot of those people come back. Uh, you know, you share a very similar desire and heart for what we do here at Dubsado in that you are now building things to empower and help the creative entrepreneurs. So, I'm really excited to have you here because it's been cool watching our journeys happen together. Awesome. Yeah, you guys have absolutely crushed it over this last year. And like you were saying just uh, when we caught up the other day, you've gone from what, like just two of you to 18 staff or something? That's insane. It's Congrats. Been, thank you, man. It's It's been nuts. I mean, 
yeah, it's been that's it's been awesome to be a part of that ride, a part of the journey, and you know that's all I chalk that all all up to Jake and Becca's incredible leadership <laughs> and just being able to learn from them has been so exciting. But uh, but again, I'm in Facebook groups and things like that. And so I'm hearing you guys throughout the space and, and seeing what you guys are doing for web designers and people in the, in the industry all over the world. So I'm really excited to talk about that and to talk about what brought you to that place. Uh, and you are calling us from Australia today. And I wanted to ask where in Australia? Uh, it's Brisbane, or as you guys might say, Brisbane. Brisbane, Brisbane. See, I, <laughs> I, one day I really want to go to Australia. It's definitely on my bucket list. You guys are currently sitting, um, I think, third in your group at the World Cup. Are you following that at all? Oh, I really, I was going to say I should be, but actually I just don't care anymore. The older <laughs> I get, the less I care about sports. My, um, my girlfriend was up uh, late last night because obviously the games are at strange times for us and she is definitely late for work today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, I mean, at least you get, at least right now you guys have the option to make that choice. I don't have the yeah. option to make that choice because we are terrible. We are horrible. We did not qualify, <laughs> but that's a topic for another time. Uh, anyone listening, I am a diehard U.S. soccer fan, so oh, I've wow. gone through a lot of counseling to get over the calamity <laughs> of not qualifying. So, uh, but you guys are there, and I don't know is there is there World Cup fever in Australia, or or is it kind of just is it kind of like over here where you guys are more of like a rugby um, a rugby kind of nation? This World Cup fever a thing? Uh, look. It's it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like uh, we have a lot of different sports, I guess, that people get right into. Like yeah, rugby, a rugby league is probably an AFL. Like down in the southern states, Australian uh, football league. I assume <laughs> this is how much I know about sport. <laughs> but um, AFL is like almost like a religion down there. Like they get really fanatical. Like, uh, but not to the point of Europeans and the and the Brits and their soccer you know like we're not riding in the streets and that kind of <laughs> kind of thing yeah so so then you guys would be really similar to us in that it's a it's a collective every four years we're going to decide we're going to decide as a nation if we're, we're ready to be soccer fans for a month and then after yeah. that kind of like uh, i don't know yeah, yeah, it is. And like five years ago, it was definitely like that. Now it seems to have a bit more sustained fandom. But yeah, nothing like World Cup, obviously. Well, cool. Well, <laughs> best of luck to you guys. And wherever Australia ends up, maybe, I don't know, maybe by the time this, this is aired, they've clawed their way into one of those top two spots to qualify. So we'll see. I'll be yeah. cheering them on. Um, but uh, Australia, I mean, we talked a little bit about this the other day when we caught up for a little bit, but uh, it's my first time talking to someone from Australia on this show, or I might have actually talked to someone so far. No, I haven't. No, no Australians. <laughs> and the thing is, there is a really heavy presence of Australian creative entrepreneurs and freelancers. I know in the Dubsado community, but also in just kind of creative and freelance communities throughout the space. So I want to ask, like, what is the creative kind of you know community out in australia look like the freelance community what does it look like right now in 2018 out there where you are i've got to say i'm very jealous of america in this regard <laughs> like 
I see so many cool events and things happening over there. I mean, maybe that's just because so many people that I interact with um, and I'm just totally closed off to the world here or something. But like I see we have like word camps and stuff for the oh, what, not word camps, like um, WordPress meetups and, and small meetups. But I oh, man, I don't see anything to the extent that you guys do over there. There's just like catch ups all over the place and it looks amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I'm probably a little bit more closed off to because there's so many creative spaces, right? Like uh, creative um, areas like photographers and, and designers and whatever. And I'm very much like in the web design space. So for me, that's pretty much like WordPress meetups. And, and that's really all that I see happening uh, here. Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to say it's a real breath of fresh air these days to hear someone say that they're jealous of something happening in America. Um, I feel, (laughs) I feel like it's been a good decade or so since that's been kind of like a common or maybe a couple a very common things. So we'll we'll definitely take what we can get here. uh, (laughs) My patriotism level has just expanded a little bit. So that's really exciting. Um, but at the same time, yeah, that that's really interesting because it feels like online there's such a presence of Australians, like looking for the tools and the systems and the communities, uh, to kind of empower them in their endeavors and and maybe that has to do with the fact that that isn't actually being uh met or that 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 doesn't really exist in a certain capacity in australia at the moment um that's really interesting maybe that's it yeah maybe it's because we don't have much in-person stuff i mean i could be totally wrong there's probably someone listening going yeah this guy's so wrong like i go to stuff (laughs) all the time (laughs) yeah that's very true and to clarify we love our Australian community and we love the Australian creative and entrepreneur community. And so it's a pleasure to have you guys with us, but I was wondering if there's maybe a reason behind that. So, you know, you, like I mentioned at the start, you kind of have a story that's similar to where we were at. And and I love these stories of people where it kind of shows the progression of what we're able to do with like the internet and the tools we've established today in that, you know, your journey begins with starting as a, a, you know, a coder, a programmer of some sorts in some capacity and then evolving into another capacity and starting your own business in web design and building systems and things like that. And so those things take skills, they take knowledge, they take tools. But now where your story is now is after having done that, deciding you need to build another resource that would make that process easier, that would help make the process of doing what you were doing more simple, more streamlined, more efficient for those around you. And I think it's so cool to read this place where it's it's more accessible and more possible than ever to do that, to build that system for so many people. So that's really, really cool, man. I'm really excited to hear how you got to that place. Yeah, well, it was a hell of a journey. Um, <laughs> so as you, as we you already know, but I guess I'll bring everyone else up to speed. We started in software a long time ago in the SEO space. Um, that was always kind of where our, um, a passion was, I guess. Um, and we somehow accidentally ended up in web design, really. Like it was, (laughs) it's one of those funny things. Like you tell people you do anything related to technology. Like if you say you're in websites or if they'll be like, can you fix my computer? Uh, <laughs> or, if, <laughs> or yeah. like, yeah, I say I'm in software and they're like, can you build me a website? It's like, uh, I guess. 
Yeah, so that's interesting. We're going to go back even further now. We're going to go back to pre-college, pre, I don't know if you call it college, you call it uni, uni over there? Yeah, that's All right, it. Pre, pre-uni, um, were you someone, It's you have so much experience in building things, building systems. Did that, can you build me a computer question ever get asked to you, like, in your early days as kind of tech is starting to evolve and were you oh, kind of yeah. that person building things like before you were in college or anything like that were you kind of tinkering with systems and websites or maybe technology itself um in a way um i mean websites weren't really much of a thing when i was in school so i think i built a html website in grade 10 so that's like uh, 14 15 years old mm. but that was just because it was a school thing and it had like animated gifs and all that sort of shit everywhere it was it was a great spot yeah like That's frames awesome. no not even iframes frames like when you had like oh my god it was horrendous but amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um i was a massive nerd for sure so i ended up building computers like i'd always buy computers and components and build them which meant i ended up building them for other people as well um, that's pretty much the extent of it. Like there was no entrepreneurial drive for sure. Like I'm not that guy that was like, I was selling cookies or something or trying to like, you know, sell something in the schoolyard. Like I didn't even work out. You could make money on the internet until <laughs> I was like 20. So <laughs> well, that's so interesting. I, I also think it's cool in that, you know, you talk about those early HTML websites you're building, but just the fact that there was even a vehicle to do that at school at age 14 and 15. Uh, I didn't actually, you know, I went to pretty good high school out here, but we didn't have that sort of, uh, that sort of resource just built into classes. Was it a required class? Was it an elective? Like how common is that for that to be like curriculum in your, you know, grade schools? I mean, I can't speak for every one now especially because i don't i don't know nothing about um the education system really uh but back then that was uh that wasn't an elective that was a fixed class um and but this is the funny bit is we had a so this is in what 2000 around 2000 um wow 2001 um and we had a Mac obsessed, Apple obsessed, um, <laughs> head of department in it. So half the rooms were full of those, like, you remember those multicolored iMacs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so we had those everywhere and I, I hated them then. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredible. Oh, I mean, 2000, <laughs> 2000, so early to be like using those Macs to teach students to build HTML websites. I remember those Macs very clearly. And I remember the only <laughs> thing we did on them was play Oregon Trail. Did you have you ever heard of that game? No. <laughs> it was like this it was like this survival RPG where you you played as if you were one of the early settlers of like the Midwest and the West of America, like the colonial people moving west in wagons, and you would have to like choose resources and send out hunting parties and you know get a doctor and like choose how you like allocated resources to see if you could get your little caravan of people to survive the journey to the west and that's all we did that's all we played on those backs and that was it so no html building and so that's that's really really cool so i assume you were you were good at that so people were asking you to build computers for them like what was the capacity to build computers like how what were we talking here that's eh, honestly it's not that really difficult you know you just need you need to know what kind of components you need to buy and then it's pretty hard to screw it up like <laughs> all the connectors are 
you know, you can only put one plug into one hole, you know, it's not like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like, I just really enjoyed sort of digging through components and, and researching and stuff like that. I mean, I still carry that over to today. Um, yeah. you know, I'm like that with software and tools and resources now. So I do a lot of research and then kind of share that with agencies, mm. digital agencies and web designers. That's why I've now decided to start like a new agency resources website. Cause I'm like, this is something I'm good at and I'm not uh, using it at all. Mm. Like, so now I can at least give back a bit. <laughs> I love that. No, that's, that's actually a really interesting point you bring up in that. I love that you just said that, you know, you identify something you're good at and you go ahead and build something to, you know, leverage that and to, to take advantage of that. And that's on top of content snare and the other things I'm assuming. Yeah. So this, this will be a whole new thing. Um, I love that. So that's so cool. Yeah. It's um, it's going to be called Agency Highway, and it's just really just a coming soon page at this point. But I'm going to do the whole podcast thing. People have been telling me to do that for years, so nice. I'm finally going to get around to it. Nice. I'll have to interview you for sure. Oh, dude, thank you. <laughs> excited for that. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm already excited no. for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll no, work it I, out. I think that's so important to just like have that thought every now and then of, oh, I'm good at that. Am I using it right now? If no, like why not? And why am I like, is there a reason for me to not be doing it? Like, not everything has to have some giant scope attached to it of like, you know, if you're not doing something, if you're not doing something that you're good at, you know, find a way to exercise it in a small way every now and then. Um, and you're doing that and building this website and, you know, it might become something bigger. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's like that classic Venn diagram thing. I can't remember what the third one is, but it's like things you're good at, things you enjoy. Oh, and things that make money, obviously, <laughs> that's, that's pretty critical with business. And yeah. like where that overlaps is, is, you know, your core sort of what you probably should be doing for yeah. business. Yeah, definitely. It's important to identify that core area that would actually drive revenue and would help yeah. you live and survive. But there's also those points that intersect a little outside that area that that might fill a need that you know, maybe isn't as obvious as I need to make money to survive. <laughs> so therefore yeah. I should invest in that core area. But as you're doing that, you know, I think those other areas of need kind of become a little more apparent, a little more uh, obvious. Like recently I've just been starting to write things more, you know, write and put it out and just see what happens. It's not for anything. It's not for profit, not for whatever. But as you're like really honing in on those core things, you should kind of branch out into those other areas and feed them. So I love that. You mentioned, so you mentioned building computers and all that stuff. So I assume that when it came time to go to college, the passion or the interest in systems was a little obvious to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I ended up, I had no idea what I wanted to do at college. So, um, I mean, I wanted to do something like I loved mechanical stuff and I loved electrical stuff and I loved computers. And I was, I said basically exactly that to like the guidance counselor <laughs> at school. And I was like, I, I don't want to do electrical engineering. So then I miss out on the other stuff and whatever. And she's like, you know, there's a course that basically wraps all those three <laughs> together. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> and so I ended up in mechatronics, which is literally that. It's basically mechanical IT and electronics all wrapped up together. Um. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one, two, three, simple <laughs> ending. It doesn't usually tie, yeah. tie itself in a bow like that. No, right? <laughs> well, that's so cool. So... You know, having done what you were doing and building systems, stuff like that, was there a reason why did, did that not kind of like, was that not something you thought you wanted to pursue going into college or something you could pursue? 
honestly, this kind of stuff just never really entered my mind. Hey, like, um, I was never like, I didn't, again, I didn't know that you could just make stuff like I come from, I guess, a blue collar family. Like no one's really got a business and to an extent, um, not animosity, but like it's your classic, like, I don't know, thinking that business owners are like rich people or whatever. Like there's almost that Mm. kind of thing going on in some of my extended family. And, so it was just never something that ever even came into my mind. Um, and so I just went through the standard things, man. Like mm-hmm. I just went to uni, um, like went, did school, did well in school to get into a good, you know, uni, get a scholarship, do my thing, um, get smashed a lot in, <laughs> in what we call college, which is what you guys call like a frat in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah. It wasn't a frat. It's like a, a giant frat. It's like you know, 140 people living in one place or more. So, um, so yeah, just got drunk a ton, uh, made a heap of friends, you know, got, got my job after uni as you do. You just went into control systems engineering. Um, it was just your classic pl- playbook, you know, that the mm. society says you should do. And cause that's what I thought you did. So I did it. Um, and it was only, Uh, geez, at some point I learned about internet marketing and making money through websites as in advertising on websites that rank in Google, not, um, building websites. Um, of course I built them myself just because that's what you do when you have no money. Uh, well, well, it's just, uh, I mean, I had money as an engineer, but on the, in the online world, you know, anyway, so, um, that's kind of what kicked it all off. We were just building uh, websites and trying to make money. And there was some SEO tactics that we thought could be done better. So we built some software for that because, um, technically what our job was as control systems engineers was to build software and stuff that, um, automates things in the real world. So starting conveyor belts and, you know, starting an entire mine site with one button kind of thing. Uh, that was just our job. Loved it. It's basically industrial programming that works on the real world. So it's like right up my alley. And I cannot wait to do something like that in business one day. You know, I want to make a home brewery or something that's just fully <laughs> automated just to muck around. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so cool. Yeah, once I have some more time. But anyway, um, that's I guess that's where the systems thing started. Um, so because we'd been programming uh, for so long, when the time came to build some software, we were able to pick it up and self-teach. Um and learned, we coded some software from scratch and sold it and couldn't sell for shit. I'm going to say that straight up. Like we were <laughs> terrible. And that's pretty much all I've done over the last eight years is learn to sell better and mm. create new products and things along the way. That's so cool. I, I'm glad that you define what control system engineering is because I was going to ask for a thorough <laughs> explanation on that. And so uh, when you were doing that and you started to kind of like get this interest in uh, building systems in a ranking capacity and working in that kind of Google Internet space, was that something that you were doing concurrently with your control systems job or is it something that you had to kind of decide to maybe leap into? And, And if so, what was the thing that pushed you into that? Uh, it's just the classic, um, Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say there, but, um, oh yeah, the classic, uh, working two jobs, you know, like when most people start out in this, you can't, you're not making any money yet. Right. So I was very much doing the engineering thing by day and then coming home and 
writing code, uh, whatever with my business partner, um, at night and on the weekends and et cetera. <laughs> so it was constant wow. work. Um, and I never want to do that again in my life. It's, <laughs> oh my God. Um, I don't think I could even handle it anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, I've always joked though, that the thing that I think the reason I was so into it, like I really loved what I did as a job and I still would do that in a heartbeat. Mm. But the thing that always comes down to, well, there's, there's the alarm clocks. I hate having to get up at a set time and go to an office. But the big thing <laughs> is uh, I got sick of working with and for dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. Um, and that it was just like, a, you know what? You can sort of work for yourself. I was like I said, not entrepreneurial minded from the start. It was just like, oh, wow, you can do this stuff and make your own things and sell them. And this is cool. Hmm. Um, and then eight years later, we're here. Um, yeah. Halfway halfway through that process, I went full time. You know, I, I had the luxury of being able to, I guess I was like, uh, without trying to sound like a douche, good enough at my job that <laughs> I was offered the ability to work three days a week as an mm. engineer, which is pretty much unheard wow. of. Like I don't know anyone that's got that. Um, and because I, I tried to quit like five times <laughs> and they'd come back with other offers and whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. Like I have to keep that. Uh, like that's too good to pass up sort of thing. And when you're yeah. starting, when you're starting your own business to be able to work three days a week, holy shit, that is oh, just yeah. the best. Oh, that's, that's such a, that's a miracle right there. I mean, yeah. what at that point, if that's the opportunity that's afforded to you and you know that you want to be investing and pouring and developing this other, you know, passion or project, I mean, it's just like, they don't offer up the silver platter any more perfectly than that. So that's no. really cool. But, but, but even with that, you mentioned that coming home every night and coding and coding on the weekend so there was still that grind um put in there which is super cool yeah you know around when when was like the what year was it i guess when you were like starting to get into that kind of like the internet phase of what you wanted to do at the very start like just knocking up websites and trying to get them ranked on google was around 2009 i think okay. um it was right on the cusp of like it was like still fairly easy to rank crappy sites. Yeah. Uh, like it didn't last much longer after that. Um, so, you know, I had a lot of friends that I met later that got into it maybe two or three years before me. And it was like crazy, just like keyword stuff sites and rank in Google. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Keywords and profit. Yeah. It was, honestly, it was at that point, like in the early of this century. Um, but it was still fairly easy then and I started making a little bit of money on the side, but then like it, you know, with all the Google updates and stuff and rightly so they're all shitty websites, like really <laughs> bad websites. Like the whole point was to make websites so bad that they wanted to click off and on one of your ads. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. Wait, let's dive into this process a little bit. Explain, explain the, the process and the mentality behind this. Honestly, I did not even think about it at the time. Like in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, it's terrible. Of course, Google wanted to crush this industry. But at the time, it was just like, oh, I follow this process. I find a keyword that I want to rank for. I build a website. Um, I put some AdSense on it, maybe some like Amazon affiliate stuff, whatever. Like just all these different affiliate or advertising type platforms. And you build it out and then you get it ranking on page one. Um, you know, these are all the tactics that I do that I have to, that'll get it ranking, you know, cause I do this on every site and it works. Um, 
you know, like article directories and like RSS directories. Like there was all these just like tactics that don't work at all in the SEO space anymore. Um, and then you start again. You <laughs> find a new keyword, you build a new site. You know, that, that first site yeah. might make you between two and 50 bucks a day. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. Like I, my computer was running 24-7, like all, all these automated things just <laughs> running, like posting things out all over the internet for that worked back then for SEO. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, th- that's just that's just what I did because I thought that's what you did to make money on the internet back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there were no real pitfalls to this, huh? There were no real – I mean like it, it's funny because like you – if you take a leap – to do it a leap i'm doing air quotes you can't see you know it's the 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 consequence is that you don't really rank you know and there's no real like you know downfall or anything although you could you could really today i think more than back then probably get get lured into spending a ton on like ad money and stuff like that than than Mm. back then because the avenues have expanded so greatly um oh yeah but there wasn't really like a there wasn't really like a risk to, to, to building any of this back then, huh? It was just kind of like, well, let's just no, try. It's just time. Let's just try what we do. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. so. I mean, it's the same now. There's people that do this now, except the the, the what happens now, it's more like uh, they build mini authority sites, they call them. And it's like with lots of actually, you know, pay good writers to get good content mm-hmm. and do work on ranking those sites for keywords. I mean, they do the same kind of thing. I don't know. I know there's people that are successful with it. I don't think it's as prolific as it was before. Um, but now, like, I much prefer to build single sites that have a lot of good information. Yeah. You know, and that's why we're doing the agency highway thing is because there's a lot of keywords that I want to rank for in the web design space and uh, and for digital agencies. And it'll be, you know, there's a lot of things I think over time we can build this thing up to be a really good um, traffic source of agencies, which then obviously Content Snare is a very good fit for them, and yeah. we, so we do remarketing. I mean, th- I'm not going to hide that's that's the play here. Yeah. <laughs> is because we need agencies, and but at the same time, I can obviously add a lot of value to agencies. Yeah, so definitely. Well, let's jump to the spot that comes right before Content Snare, which is you are your control systems, you're doing internet rankings, but there's a point where. Uh, you kind of decide to take the first maybe official step or leap into like a company, like your company, a business, uh, and that's Actura Tech. So uh, mm. can you explain a little bit about what that was and and uh, maybe your partner and just kind of what you guys were doing together? Yeah, well, one of the tactics we were doing at the time was this article rewriting, which is, you know, it's, it's a kind of dodgy SEO tactic now, <laughs> man. It's like, I don't. People still do it because oh, it still man. sells this product, man. It's super strange. Um, and oh my god, I had a friend of mine posted on Facebook yesterday that he got this like really funny spam email from like a fake, I guess, prostitute or something. And it was clearly spun, like, because I was in the oh, article spinning gosh. space, it like, <laughs> I hope this isn't too vulgar, but for your <laughs> audience, but um, they obviously had spun the word pussy into and it just changed it to sissy uh righto mate (laughs) anyway that was just a total side note but that's kind of what article spinning was it was this tactic to regenerate lots and lots of content from one article by doing using permutations of synonyms for different phrases and words so one article might become a hundred unique ones (laughs) 
um, to, and the idea was to escape the Google duplicate content penalty. But anyway, <laughs> you got to do we what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, again, it was just one of these things I did because I thought it's what you had to do. All the SEO people were talking, were doing article rewriting in some form back then anyway. Um, and so, but we were using software for it. Everyone was, and it all sucked. And we were like, okay, well, let's just do a better job. So that's, that's how the company started. We were talking about this stuff at lunch at work. Like we used to go to lunch pretty much every day, me and my now business partner, who was my boss at the time. Um, and we just went, screw it, let's build something better. Uh, and that's how we realized we had no idea how to market is because we, you know, spent six months building this thing, tried to sell it, failed hard, <laughs> you know, very, very slow growth over years. But, you know, that's, that's got us to where we are. And, um, so that's what we did. We just built some software. We incorporated Acturatech because that was just meant to be a tax holding company. You know, the, the product was called Champery Rider. And it just sat there for <laughs> ages until we started building websites. Um, because I, you know, told people what we did and they were like, can you build us a website? What I was talking about <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. The computer, the build a computer has now come full circle to like where you yeah. are today. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can, I can re, I can respin an article for you. Is that okay? Can you build <laughs> me a website actually? <laughs> like, wait, what? Okay, yeah. For sure. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah. It was really strange. So that's, and then suddenly we were a website design, design company, like within a couple of months and it was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I like doing this. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, over that process is where we, cause our heart was always in software. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and somewhere in that process, I was like, just talking to people and always on the lookout for a new idea for some software. Uh, and that came pretty much, geez, like two years ago now. Um, when I was talking uh, to a bunch of web designers about, I was talking through their processes, um, and you know, which bits sucked the most about their process. And, pretty much all of them talked about content. Uh, and it was such a pain in the ass to get content out of clients. And we went, Oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? Because yeah. we, you know, we've had the same issue for years. Um, let's build some software to fix that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so let's, so for people who maybe aren't like as familiar or like immediately when you're talking about content, you know, content snare is a platform that helps web designers specifically but you know i think it applies probably around but web designers to get content from their clients when they're building websites for them when they're working on projects so what what constitutes content like what what kind of things are are we struggling to get from our clients to help us do our jobs right so specifically to websites it's pretty much anything on the page that's words or an image you know like um it can be like, like it's literally everything. If you look at a standard header on a website, there's a background image, there's a headline, there might be a pre-headline, sub-headline, button, like with a call to action, you know, all of that. Someone's got to write all of that. Sometimes it's the client. Sometimes you get a copywriter in-house. Sometimes it's the web designer. But a lot of people need some kind of input from the client for that. And sometimes the client writes the whole lot, uh, which is pretty common, pretty common among web design. Okay designers um so yeah like th this is all it's basically a tool to you for you to break up all those fields uh and you know images and all that sort of stuff and request it from the client in one place because normally the process is such a pain in the ass like <laughs> oh my god like just 
it was easily the bane of my existence uh, as a when we were doing web design, and it is for so many other people <laughs> still. Where you end up like with these nine hundred long email trails. Hell, it happened to us the other day because we I did a website for a friend, and because there was one email in this trail of like sixty seven, uh, there was one email that was like, oh, actually, can we replace these three pages with this content? And it was a link to like Evernote or something. Oh. And that was completely oh. missed. It was like, so the oh. whole website was wrong. I think, I think he did, like this, the whole website was a shit show because there was like one place where they're like, actually, we don't want to use that template anymore. Can we use this one? And mm-hmm. I think that got missed as well. So it was built on the wrong template with the wrong content. This is an extreme example, but it actually happened to us like a month ago. Wow. And, you know, but this is, it only takes that one little line in out, you know, some of these email trials get up to the point where Gmail is like struggling to load them. Dude, we and we you, we understand that world very, very, <laughs> very intimately. I well, wait, 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 hold on. I have a question for you. Why were you using yeah. Content Snare? We were. We were. Suppo- <laughs> we. Oh my god! And then um, it kind of just got out of hand, like because their business changed, and because okay. you know, I I sent the request to this guy like ages ago, who's my friend, mm-hmm. and then they brought in someone oh, okay. else, and this guy was like, um, "Oh, here's our content." And then at this point, I was so busy on other stuff that I offloaded it to my project manager. So I actually came in afterwards and saw like the the fallout, <laughs> oh, no. and I was like. Oh gosh, because <laughs> yeah, I it's definitely and this it's just the perfect example of like yeah. why why we should have been using Content Snare and I'm an idiot for not actually running, <laughs> forcing them through it because it was just like it's one of those periods. I think I was traveling too. That's right, I was in South America, so I was just like really just offloaded it all to other people yeah. and didn't force that process to happen, and it just went to shit. Yep. As it always does. <laughs> yes, this, when you came back, you just got to be like, this is why we always use systems. This is why we always use yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I, yeah. mean, what, like, I mean, that's like, like I said at the beginning, it's cool when you see that people today are able to take the things that they, you know, I mean, starting a web design business is a leap enough. Like you mentioned, you have a, a family with a blue collar past that, that look maybe at entrepreneurship was, was not the immediate like, Oh yeah, go into entrepreneurship. Like that's what you can do, you know, or what you should do. Uh, but you did, you know, you went and you're building websites and then you're, you know, you're Actura tech and, and then to take that a step further and to be able to create something else that like helps other people in that space I mean, that's so cool. And also how like perfect that, you know, your your life today still demonstrates why what you are creating right now is so needed. And I think that's like such an important thing for everyone to look at and just be like, what do you need? And like, if you need it, it might not be crazy to think that other people need it too. And there is like, there is, you know, I think more than ever an ability to be like, maybe I can take this and run with it and do something cool with it because uh, you have no idea what kind of problems out there you know you can solve with what you're facing as well so i think it's so funny that content snare was a missing link for one little conversation and it demonstrates its use and why it's so important uh so that's so cool do do you think there's a problem with people who like because because people who are gathering content have hit that stage where they have booked a project, right? Like someone is, you know, 
paying them or, you know, wants to pay them to build a website. So you think it's easy for people to like pay, sign off, send the, the invoice and then check out and be like, oh, like you build everything now and not realize oh. that like it's still a symbiotic relationship. Oh, yeah. I think that is half the thing because it's like I actually have talked about this a few times where it's 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 like as soon as I've made the decision to pay you, it's like that's it. They're done. You know, like it's been a hard decision for them to pick someone. It's it's hard for them to go through this process of choosing a web designer or whatever. And then they pay the money and then it's like, whew, all done. <laughs> Uh, nah, mate, <laughs> doesn't work like that. Yeah. But I think the key here, um, and Erin Flynn is huge on this. She's a, a good friend of mine that is all about processes and that for web design and like her communication, um, before the website starts is just amazing. Like, like she's got intro packets, like that she sends people, right at the beginning, you know, or might be like a welcome thing to be like, Hey, this is how we work. And then before they sign the proposal, it's like, this is how it's all going to go again, you know? And it's like, it seeds this stuff throughout the process to say like, this isn't a set and forget, like when you're going to need your input, like this is like, it just steps out the process and says like, this is after, you know, after we sign the proposal, then we need the content or whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be your, your process. Um, really outlining and making it very clear from day one, even day zero, you know, before yeah. they become your client where they're looking at packages or something on your website. Um, it's there as well, whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, exactly. That's the big thing is, is communicating early. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that is right there. That's the core of Nipsado right there. So these kind of two halves yeah. of the equation, like that's, I mean, giving the, 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 you know, the ability to have that conversation to gather that information on the, in the pre-process. Uh, but, but it's important not to neglect the post-process and, and, uh, and, and that part of it. So really cool how these like kind of things come together and just kind of complete the entire process of working on these projects and, and giving us ways to gather that information and make it easy. Really, really cool. What has, so, it's so you know the Actura Tech thing was kind of developed as like this over you know this branch to you know run your your article rewriting service through. So what what was it like actually developing like a system like Content Snare and like being like the face of it and and like really like that's like your baby like this is like oh man like this is like my my thing now. What was that like? And what were some of the major challenges that came with building something of that scope as opposed to your early projects? Yeah, well, every project we do, we learn something more, obviously. Um, thankfully, we also have a, like, so while we don't do much web design anymore, we do a lot of like web app development and we build like SaaS products for other people and stuff. That's probably still our core business until Content Snare is just knocking it out of the park. You know, it's relatively new, so it's not like, a it's not our sole income yet um by so we've had a lot of experience we've got really solid software development processes um so that that made it much easier you know like we've even screwed up a bunch of things this time not gonna lie um that we're still uh sorting out you know like code stuff that we didn't do right the first time that we now have to change um which is a huge pain in the ass in any software development project but um, oh man, like this one was very different because I didn't get involved in the development at all. 
Like that was the big difference this time is my business partner managed the team, did all the development, um, you know, handled the UX guy as well, like managed the design. And I was just only marketing from day one, um, which was awesome because like it's that separation of roles. Uh, it's, it's the beauty of having a business partner and this doesn't work with every partnership because it's not, you know, some people might want to do marketing and they, they don't have these clearly defined roles. Whereas I sent my business partner to a conference once cause I couldn't go. He's like, that was cool, but I never want to do that again. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's perfect, right? It's, um, a good book, actually, a little book recommendation here is rocket fuel. Um, I can't remember who it's by, but, um, it's basically talks about this, uh, combination of business partners that is just perfect uh like a a visionary and an integrator that's it vi combo so technically i'm the visionary although i hate that word it just means i'm really sort of doing the goals of the company you know pointing it in the right direction and he's making it all happen it's almost like an operations manager type role i guess but um yeah it was it's been a lot of fun because like our previous software business, which I didn't even mention in here, um, we built like a random single feature tool in 2014. Uh, in 2017, we sold it. Um, so it was just like a random little idea we had along the way. It was a side project. And then I just didn't want, I wanted to focus on snare. So we sold it. Um, and yeah, we learned things from that. I learned how to do pre-launches and mm. like do, get a list going before we even start before you know so and that we really use that with content snare this time like we built a list six months before there was anything to sell and then we did a pre-sale you know to pre-buy like a year before it was even developed um and then that sort of validated the prod the prod um validated the project before we'd even Mm. started you know so we knew we're onto something and whatever and then when we came to launch we had a list of people that were ready to buy yeah um that's so smart (laughs) <laughs> it's it's what everyone should be doing though like it's not it's like i i can't claim any responsibility for that uh i just steal these ideas from other smart people on the internet. <laughs> well but but that's fine but that i mean it's kind of like this quote we've discussed in previous episodes it's more or less along the lines of you know whatever you know there's someone who knows less right and and similarly it, it can seem like very obvious steps to take to launching a business or setting up uh, but there's someone who has no idea there's someone who is starting wants to start a business right now who would have never ever thought to compile a pre-launch list and to do some sort of a promotion promotional in that in that sense and sure. that's really really interesting and uh and things that like you know we need to continuously be sharing and then you know kind of investing back for for people who are starting a business, maybe that's not the scope of content snare. And uh, maybe someone's listening right now and they're like, oh, shoot, I haven't thought through my pre-launch process. Are there any like must-dos, essentials you think could apply to the creative entrepreneur, kind of freelancer that you think are just must-dos right now? Uh, before starting a business or is yeah. this like in the middle? Yeah, oh, before. man, that's a hard question. Um, I mean, I think meeting people like and well it's it's hard to say like if you're thinking of it the only real way to start getting business is to tell people what you do so i mm-hmm. don't know it's it's really it's not really a pre-launch unless you feel like doing a um a big discount or something at the start maybe you can start building up a list of people but at some point you got to start telling people yeah 
that's what you do as websites, right? And like that, that's all it was for us. You know, yeah. we once we decided to do websites, I just went to networking events and said we are we're, we're web developers, right? And that's all we had to do to get jobs, just meeting people um, in, at in person events, at the right events, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of terrible events out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I mean, um, even even that <laughs> isn't like even that isn't like obvious as well. Like, you know, I've heard you mention before, actually you know, that when content snare was becoming a thing, you were in groups, you know, like you were in groups sharing your webs, your web building expertise and your internet Mm. ranking expertise and like talking about the things you do in a way of like building, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, that awareness for other things that would be happening. Right. And so it's not like an obvious thing. It's super important. I love that. Just talk to people. Yeah, that's good. I think I think one thing that I, I harp on about this all the time, but for um, any any entrepreneur, like partner, because networking leads into this is partnerships. So that is by far the biggest thing I think for any business is is building partnerships, right? Because and, and I say this because we haven't told people we do websites in like eighteen months, and I still have enough websites to keep like two guys busy. Wow. And yeah, and it, it does not even say websites on our website, you know, like or not on my LinkedIn anywhere. It's just because there's a few companies like marketing companies that we were their preferred web developer. Hmm. So every so often when they need to build a website, they come to us. So good. And so if you can get those kind of relationships, they take ages to build and it's a lot of work, but they just continue to pay. So that is that is the one thing for me, I reckon, is that if I had to say like because it applies to everything, right? Like if you're doing like wedding photography, you're obviously going to have partnerships with like a, a wedding planner. Like if you are the preferred photographer, you're going to crush it. Uh, if, if they crush it, because every bit of marketing they do, you are now benefiting from that as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's, that's amazing, amazing advice. And yeah, I mean, you, you build that, those partnerships by talking. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's awesome, man. No, that's, that's great. And you do you do that also in you know you have a, a Facebook group for content snare where that kind of relationship building is happening, which I think it's so cool to see that you're fostering a place for that to be happening. What are some of the like joys, but also like the challenges of having a group of people who you're like investing into in like their skill sense, but it's also like kind of tied to content snare. Oh man, as someone who's into systems, I should really know the answer to that. Uh, but I got to, <laughs> it's, um, it's been crazy, man. Like I, I, I actually have no idea how effective the group is for generating business for us, you know, like, um, but I can tell you it's been extremely valuable and it's a lot of fun because, uh, I get to go in there and ask questions, you know, if I, if I want to know something about, you know, the other day, like someone tried to send me some stickers for their product. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Do people <laughs> still put stickers on things? Like maybe I'll send out some stickers. So I put in a question, you know, like, do you still put stickers on shit? And <laughs> and people are like, what? <laughs> but then, you know, some few people are like, I put stickers on everything. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. You know, so that getting these kind of like feedback loops and just chats and getting to know people it's fun and awesome. Um, I can't tell you if it's directly affecting the bottom line for our business or not. I'm, like, I'm sure it is, but I have no way of tracking it. I can't know. Like, um, 
I do ask people like where's the first place they heard about us when they sign up for a paid plan. And I haven't heard anyone say it was our Facebook group yet. Mm. Um, but you know, they could be referring other people. I don't know. Um, but so it is fun. It's a lot of fun. The challenges are, I guess, spending that time without knowing what it's doing for our business, you know, like, yeah. cause I, obviously a lot of time goes into that group. Thankfully I have two amazing moderators, Imogen and Leanne who, um, delete most crap before I get to it. Um, <laughs> usually while I'm asleep. Um, so any spam posts and that kind of thing, we don't have a big problem with it, but, um, that that's it. It's just the time really. Um, and, but now that I've set it up, it's all just a process, you know, yeah. like I have someone else doing the, accepting the invites and, and signing people up to a mailing list if, if they opt to when they join in. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a big, it is really a big unknown for me, but I like having it there because it's how I get to know people in this space. Yeah. And again, it's, it's flexing that habit and that like the benefit of just talking to people and building relationships. And even when you can't see the quantitative value of that, there's the qualitative value that's just like, God, like this is, this is important and we should still do it because I know it's important. You know, maybe I don't see the, the, exact analytical return on investment but i know this is important and you know because without it those you know referred those recurring partners you mentioned before you know who knows if i would have had those people stick with me if i hadn't Mm. had been talking and building relationships in other capacity so i think that's super cool man Um, so you mentioned you know as we kind of close out here you mentioned before that you're going to start a completely automated brewery which when i visit (laughs) australia i will be there no doubt about it. Can't wait for that. But before that happens, what are some of the things you're excited to see in the future, in the near future for you, for Content Snare, for Actura, for whatever else is kind of on your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm super excited about Content Snare because to, until this point, it's kind of been, you know, we just came up with ideas that we thought the industry needs, right? Um and get feedback and sort of iterate on those ideas. But over the last sort of six months or whatever, you know, cause I, I still handle support directly. I still talk to everyone that's using the app just because I want to be closely involved to see how people are using it, what, what their complaints are and that sort of thing. I now have a pretty bloody good idea of what needs to happen and what features we need to build. And that always excites the hell out of me, man. Like I've, the list of stuff I want to build, I'm like, oh my god, this this is gonna be epic! Like when we <laughs> release this feature, people are gonna lose their minds. Yes. Um, and I've got like a few of those things in the works, and it's so that is exciting the shit out of me. Um, what else? Uh, and for agency, uh, agency highway, that's kind of exciting too, because yeah. I wanted to start a podcast for such a long time, and I've had all these like people that run podcasts and that have been around business, and they're like, you have the perfect personality for podcasts you need to do it and i'm like but i don't know what i'll do it about now i do so <laughs> uh so yeah i'm really excited to do this this whole podcast thing get involved um and build this directory and just resource for agencies because i don't think there's anything else like it out there like my main thing i want to i want to call it the world's smallest directory uh as my unique selling proposition because i'm so sick of these like here's the 52 best booking plugins for wordpress like, I don't want 52, man. Give me three, yeah. like three, the best ones. And don't like, yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of, that's where I'm going with that. 
Yeah, man. That's awesome. I, I love all of that. And gosh, I, I know my hands have are not the hands that build the features that people lose their minds about. But I, I, I will I will step in there and pretend they were my hands and and enjoy <laughs> enjoy the enthusiasm that comes with it nonetheless. So I know yeah, that feeling. Okay. It's so exciting. And also for you as this podcast becomes a reality can't wait for that man i'm sure it's going to be such a blast to listen to and i'll be tuning in and uh hearing what you have to check out and maybe even uh appearing on it so that would be super cool but super excited for you man can't wait to see how it continues to evolve and thank you for the way you're helping to you know the way you're another one of these players in the field that's helping to make being a creative entrepreneur easier and less stress-free i think that's awesome man so keep keep crushing it Wow. Thanks for that rap. That's amazing. <laughs> and thanks for having me on and thanks for doing awesome things with Dobsado. I see like so many people raving about it. So obviously doing some bloody good things there, man. <laughs> thanks so much, man. Appreciate it and all the best to you. Cheers, mate. See you later. Talking to other people in the tech space who are helping this creative community of ours get organized shows just how much entrepreneurship is evolving. Being a part of that evolution is more possible than ever, for you as well. If you're in a situation that looks good on the surface, but feel like you're being called to do more, start with what James said was the most important thing in all of this, partnerships. Look at what you're doing, what you're good at, what you feel called to do, and get some advice. Form some community. Ask questions in groups, maybe even find a partner. Don't try and figure out everything alone. We have more liberty to run our businesses, pursue our dreams, use our creativity more than ever. But if you do that too much, eventually down the road, you'll realize that partnership was a huge component of the whole thing. Today, we have more liberty to run our businesses our way, use our creativity our way, think of things, run things our way, and that's good. But don't get too far down on your journey and then look back and realize that you missed moment after moment to build community around yourself. Because at the end of the day, community will be the thing that pushes your business, your ideas, your dreams where you never thought they could go. To keep up to date with James and Content Snare, you can follow them on Twitter at underscore Jimmy Rose and on Instagram at Content Snare. Find out more about the service at contentsnare.com. No matter where you are, we're so thankful you're listening. Our goal, our hope is to empower the creative community and we can do that best if you're listening. Subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review will help us do that. The Creative Leap is a Dubsado podcast. At Dubsado, we built a system that elevates your business process and helps you communicate, organize, and execute. Make more money, save more time, and wow your clients with the ultimate client management system for small business owners. Join the Dubsado family by starting your free, no time limit trial at dubsado.com. That's D-U-B-S-A-D-O.com. Music for the show was composed and recorded by Stephen Schmidt. Find him at stephenjamesschmidt.com. That's all for this week. Thank you all so much for joining us and hope to see you next week on The Creative Leap by Dubsado.